Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. started? Yeah, do it. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. Today, we will not go quietly into that good night. We will stand strong with Randy Quaid in our airplanes, and we're going we're gonna to just beat these aliens' butts, because it's Independence Day. Today, we celebrate our independence from a new episode of The Bachelorette, because they <laughs> apparently... They didn't let us know this, and this is the this is the problem with doing right? a, a pop culture based podcast. Podcast, which is what I'm calling it now, a podcast, a podcast based on the culture of pop. Um, they just don't let you know, like, hey no. Griffin, hey Rachel, it's me, Elon Musk. That's not the guy's <laughs> name, but you know who I'm talking about. Hey, just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Uh, I know you do a podcast, a popcast about our uh, television program. We're not going to have one for you this week. Turns out the people at ABC are really concerned that there's a lot of crossover between fireworks viewers and fireworks viewers on reality television. Now, you said fireworks there as though you were doing some, if you you were using illusion or something like that. There's also literal ass fireworks I on know, every I know, that's why I was, I was saying... Oh, I see what There's you're saying. There's contractually <laughs> there. obligated explosions. Why in the sky. would you go to a large field that would be crowded and full of people to watch fireworks when you could just sit at home and watch them on and television? Watch fireworks and, wa- and watch JoJo Fletcher and watch two people who aren't in love kiss <laughs> each other while everybody's favorite band Tony 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 plays a There's special song. There's just two song. of them now. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I know, but one of them changed their name to Tony Tony, so they kept they kept the <laughs> oh, original. Um, so what the what what the fuck are we listening to you guys for? You say to us, first of all, calm down. I'm not. We're going to stop the show if you're going to come at us with that kind of yeah. Energy. Please don't swear. We we at least I try very hard not to swear on this show. When you do, it's so good though. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about a thing that we've kind of danced around for a long time uh, that we're going to dive into, and I estimate this is going to be like maybe a 15 minute episode. We just like. There's so many weeks where we don't put anything up, or we were super late last know, week and we felt guilty yeah. about it. Um, uh, anyway, we're going to talk about an old television show on the Lifetime Network, and I know you're wondering, which one? <laughs> which one of the amazing television programs on the Lifetime? Can you think, gun to your head, million dollar briefcase in front of you? Could nope. you name even one? No. Could not. Couldn't name. They did, they did all the Flowers in the Attic movies with... Uh, Heather Graham. How do you know this? Because we saw a commercial for for apparently they, were, they made four oh. of these fucking things. I mean, they make tons of original movies. Original television is a is pretty not their re- thing. Pretty new thing. How for did them. they get it in one? I feel like them and AMC right? like did some mystic shit where it's just like we're gonna just do one show and it's gonna be legit. Well, AMC has a couple. AMC has a couple now, but when they broke off Breaking Bad, it was just like whoa. What's it on? And HBO? Mad Men. Mad Men. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. We're talking about Unreal. Unreal. And this show is... It's Unreal. That's, that should be the tagline. Yeah. Un- unreal. <laughs> and then underneath that, it really is. You think they ever thought about calling it Everlasting? That would be... uh Shit, that would be a better name for it, I think. I had wondered about that. Because Unreal, that could be about anything. Like That could be about... Because it is, it is a show that is a, a fictional account of the creation of a... Not even Bachelor-like 
the fucking Bachelor. It's the Bachelor and Bachelorette. Many of the writers on the show are former writers for reality dating shows, which we assume... They were on... What were they on? Uh, uh, (laughs) They were on Please Marry My Boy. (laughs) Take Me Out. Take Me Out. They had Please Marry My Boy. Flavor of Love. Paradise Hotel 2, but Mm -hmm. not Paradise Hotel 1. No. The Lost Season. The Forbidden Season of Paradise None of the writers from that are still alive. Uh, That's true. There was a a hurricane. Uh, Wiped Paradise Hotel right off the map. Sunk it. Like Atlantis. We're going to have to Google and make sure that that's a funny joke and not not true. true. (laughs) Um, Unreal is about a fictional reality dating show called Everlasting. That is, note for note, it is The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And it is about the creation of that show. Specifically, it is about uh, the the main character is, uh, well, in the first season, kind of an associate producer named Rachel. That's fun. Because that's your name. That is my name. Do you, ever think, do you ever think about that? Like when they, because there's like mad Rachels out there and on television and on, I mean, friends, you had a friend named after you, babe. I know. There was never like a, hi, I'm Griffin. I just moved in next door. Has there you ever know? been a Griffin on television? I mean, the whole fucking family guy. Just oh, the whole well, it's the last name, though. It's enough to be in college. Yeah, that's like awful. Like Stewie Griffin. That's yeah, pretty that's awful. It. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's it. You got it. You got it. Um, but there's like cr- bunches of Rachels out there, and when like, do sometimes when you watch Friends, you're just like, "What was that? What'd you say?" Oh, dang it! It was Chandler again. Why do you say his name that way? I don't know. I keep <laughs> doing it. He called um, me out earlier this weekend for it, and I was like, "Yeah, that is weird." And then I just Chandler. It's not an affectation. <laughs> it's just how I say the name, Chandler Bing. <laughs> um, well, I love your American Chandler Bing. <laughs> Rachel has been a popular name my whole life, so yeah. it's, it's I I could handle it. We're talking about Sherry Appleby. What's her story? I know that our friend Bristol is very much into. Shiri oh, Appleby. she was on um shoot like a really like popular teen teen show a show with teens on it. Degrassi. No, it's De- like a CW or Degrassi, a WB. The Next Generation. One Tree show. Hill. Is that right? Or are you I, just guessing? I'm guessing. Uh, I know that One Tree Hill is like one of them. Uh, Roswell. Roswell. That explains why Bristol likes it. Yes. Um, Sherry Appleby plays Rachel, uh, an associate producer on the television show Everlasting, which is uh, run by uh, Quinn, a powerful woman played by Constance Zimmer, who I have loved in like everything she's done. Uh, she was fant- She had a fantastic turn in the newsroom. Um, she yeah. was also in shit. But yeah, so what the first season of Unreal, which we did not watch in real time, but watched once it was available for purchase, uh, and I believe it was on Hulu for a while, though I'm not sure that it still is. Um, she was also on Boston Legal. She was in House of Cards. Remember she played the uh, the one journalist in House of Cards that um, yeah. doesn't go to jail or get killed, which yeah. is fun? Um, yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff, and I'm glad she has like a thing that's like, I think this is, I, I think qualifies as a breakout role. Of yeah. for, for her I've, I've been a, a fan of hers for a while she's fantastic uh so yeah she is in charge of the show along with a guy named chet who's my least favorite thing about the television show but we can dig into that later um and yeah. it is a fictional account they they the creators of the show have been really wise in that um they've talked about how this is not a parody it's not a send-up of the bachelor and bachelorette yeah they don't say it's a direct one-to-one comparison they the, say they take a lot of influences from various reality shows what i've read the the, the way they phrase it is that the they've borrowed the wallpaper 
that yeah. is like the set dressing and and the sort of universe it takes place in uh is the bachelor is the yeah, bachelorette I but mean, everything that happens in that universe is like complete fantasy make-believe the the similarities are i mean there's there's a bachelor there's a mansion there are women competing for the bachelor and then there's a lot of producer manipulation yeah. of the contestants. And the structure of the fictional show is the structure of the Bachelor Bachelorette. There are, you know, one-on-ones. There are group dates. There are... They don't give out roses, though. No, they give out little bracelets. Yeah. Um, but those are the elimination ceremonies. And then it gets down to a proposal and then a, um, potentially a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some things that the show gets right in terms of aping the bachelor and bachelorette before we dive into like what the story of the show is okay um let's talk about like what what stuff works and what stuff doesn't because um i think there's equal amounts of each um i think there's plenty of reading material about this by the way from people who have been like on the bachelor and bachelorette talking about like what is true and what is not let's talk about the categorization of the contestants so i feel like unreal gave us a lot of vocabulary to talk about the bachelor and bachelorette that we hadn't previously used nasty nasty vocabulary because the, the the vocabulary that rachel's talking about is the creators and producers and manipulators of the show talking about the women contestants because it, we're on the second season now, but it's not the bachelorette. It is just another season of the bachelor. So it's just a, a big group of women yeah. contestants, but they categorize them in these, you know, different categories like the wifey or, you know, the, the woman that's going to start a bunch of fights or, uh, some less than PC terminology for <laughs> minorities. Um, yeah. but I mean, and, and as, as, uh, cruel as Unreal, the, the fictional world of Unreal can be, the um, the similarities, at least in the first season, the second season's a whole nother kettle of fish um, because uh, uh, the second season features a, a black bachelor, which is obviously never happened in, in yeah. real life. Um, but, but they deal with the fact that like uh, women of color don't make it very far in yeah, these shows. Yeah, they address men, that men, head on. Men of color also do not do that. And and those those characters in the show are like fully cognizant of that and it fucking sucks and they're really, you know, they're they're upset by that fact and fully cogn- like there is no they talk about like, oh, well on this show people of color don't make it very far. And it's yep, that's true. That is how it happens. The other things they I think they get really correct. They they really get the sense of of winning across yes. that a lot of times the contestants and the bachelor are not falling in love. They recognize that there is a dramatic element to the show and everybody's just trying to get further in their career or their personal ambitions. Sure. Yeah, I think that's I think that is on point. I don't know that that aspect in reality is quite as crass as the show yeah it's definitely elevated on the show Um, because in the show both of the bachelors both the bachelor for season one and the bachelor for season two have been like there for to use bachelor's parlance completely the wrong reasons yeah absolutely (laughs) the wrong reasons basically like pr image repair um what unreal gets right is the categorization of contestants for narrative building that's legit like everything yeah. i've read I, i've read a couple like interviews with uh, uh people producers and and contestants on the show who've requested anonymity and that that narrative building exists because that that is the show like that is undeniable there are wifeys there are yeah. husbandos or the whatever way, you would call them <laughs> the way unreal sets it up is that every contestant has a folder 
with kind of all of their deepest, darkest secrets in it. And they choose at different points in the season when to exploit. So that, now we're getting it, but that's something else. I'm talking about the categorization of like the labels, right? Oh, yeah. Because we could do, we, shit, on both seasons of this show that we've done this podcast for, we've done that. Episode one. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Jordan Rogers. Yeah, he's going to win. Lauren B. Oh, my gosh. Lauren Lauren B. was the clearest one I'd seen in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Luke? Like sexy make out heartthrob bro. Probably not for sure. Chad probably not a husband though. Chad villain gonna vill definitely. Yeah. Like those those labels and They do talk a lot about the villains yeah. on Unreal. Those labels exist in real life and they I think inform in t- in some small degree how things shake out. Maybe not hundred percent of the time, because you look at Ben Flagenic's season, villain won that one. And there have been other seasons where that has also been true. So it's not like the producers say, okay, this woman's going to win the show or this guy's going to win the show. Um, And then that's how it shakes out. Because sometimes it doesn't shake out like that. Mm -hmm. But that categorization has to exist. The amount of producer manipulation in Unreal is clown town. Yeah. Like... In the first season, for let's, your- let's put a let's put it like a, a, a kind of a broad spoiler thing. There's one thing that happens in the first season that's like bonkers, and if you haven't seen the show, well, I, I, mean, I, I can talk about it generally. Yes, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal the big climax. Okay, I'm just gonna say, for example, there's a contestant on the first season who we find out is on medication for some mental health issues. She is bipolar. And there are scenes where the producer is deliberately withholding medication so that she'll be more Not only volatile. that, sneaking into her room yes. and then popping open her pill capsules and then taking the powder yes. contents out and replacing them with... Like, that's bat shit like no like no unreal yeah that's that's the point where like i I feel like unreal almost got that silly to further distinguish itself as a was this completely fictional product the very same contestant who on the show they brought back her abusive ex-husband yeah that contestant goes through a lot so that's another thing about unreal that you need to sort of confront up front and that is that the show is comprised entirely of garbage people. Yeah. To an extent where, like, boy, howdy. In the first season, at least there was a bit of, not moral ambiguity. The things they were doing were decidedly horrible. But they felt bad about doing them. Season two is just a <laughs> no-holds-barred, just nasty fest. Yeah. And it's hard to watch. If you're somebody, and I think Griffin and I are similar, at least I think so, where it's difficult to watch shows where the characters are completely unlikable. Yeah, it's 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 tough, right? And it's got to be good. It has to. If you're doing a show where every character is despicable, like uh, Breaking Bad, it's one of my favorite shows ever. Walter White, pretty shitty dude. Like when you look at the grand, yeah, they have to make some badass moves, right? They got to make some badass moves, and they have to be at least a little bit sympathetic. You have to be rooting for them. Yeah. Um, Rachel as a character, for example, I had a really hard time with and continue to have a hard time with because not only does she consistently make the wrong choice, she makes the worst choice. The worst possible choice at any juncture. But she's also an incredible manipulator of contestants and you see her when she's backed up against the wall make these moves that just show that she's just like a brilliant strategist. So the whole show is that, but it is also... 
the thing that is more fascinating to me is the relationship between her and Quinn, yes. who was in her shoes. That's came Constance up, Zimmer's Constance character. Zimmer's character, um, who has this like, um, they have like a a mother daughter sort of relationship. Yeah. I think it like a, it's certainly a uh, teacher pupil relationship as she is like bringing her back for redemption. Uh, before the first season of Unreal, uh, in in the narrative of the show, Rachel has this like breakdown during the finale of the previous season and was like hugely publicly embarrassed, but gets brought back in by Quinn um, to do some do some good work. Um, and the really the 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 show is all about their relationship, and there's some like genuinely amazing moments. The end of the first season, like the last line of the first season, was so like. The, it, it's all about their relationship was so like powerful and and I, I, there were a lot of things that I was expecting this show to be and like emotionally gripping was not one yeah. of them but the show got me there Desp- and that's weird to say because throughout that first season those two character do those two characters did some horrible shit like really rotten stuff yeah yeah I think. So what's interesting about Rachel's character is that we, we're we set up to believe, you know, that she, in college, she was a feminist. She went to, I believe, Vassar. Yeah. Uh, and had these kind of grand ambitions of being like a documentarian and has a lot of personal conflict over being on this show that can be really degrading for women. Yes. So it, it, in the first season, especially, you kind of watch her wrestle with, this is work that I'm good at and I know how to do and I can do well, but it also makes me a terrible person. The second season, she is kind of the one that spearheads this initiative to have a black bachelor, which in in the fiction of Unreal, it's also the first time that that has happened. And so her whole thing is, you know, having like this positive black role model Mm -hmm. on television. Although like by this point, you have to know that her, motives are not like altruistic probably at all at this point um yeah she thinks that she's gonna get to take over the show that that when the second season starts her and quinn have really taken ownership of the show yes and that she rachel is gonna be in the driver's seat we haven't talked about this it's a good show it's a surprisingly good show uh we are now in the second season of the show, and I don't think it is as good as it once was. Well, or at least I, I'm, I am not finding it as entertaining. I think if you watch The Bachelor and you watch The Bachelorette, watch the first season of Unreal. Lifetime has an app on the uh, Apple TV. They do, and the first season of Unreal did used to be on Hulu. I don't know if it's still there. I don't there. know if it's still there. Um, but if you've watched those shows, it's worth watching because it's like there is no other television show like it in the sense that there is no... Um, I mean, you have stuff like the Hot Wives of Orlando and Burning Love, which we should also do an episode on because Rachel and I discovered and watched all three seasons of Burning Love in maybe a five day span. It is fucking hysterical. So funny. But this 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 show is unlike any other show in that it is a like more accurate, less jokey, although it is at sometimes like pretty funny uh, uh, show about another real life television show well, that is still currently on Well, if you think about there. it, there, there are shows that Griffin and I have really liked, at least at various points in their longevity. And I think, for example, West Wing and Newsroom, they're kind of procedural shows in that 
you know, you know that something needs to happen and we're going to show you all the steps it takes to get there. Unreal has that quality. Yeah. Where it's like, we know we have to put an episode out. Let's figure out how to do it and tell an exciting story. And you get to watch that happen a lot in the first season. That's the weird, that's the weird thing. And and it's, it's not weird. It's, it is the show and it's genius and it works really well. We talked about like what it takes for you to root for a character who is doing bad things is the way Unreal does that is you want them to make a good ass television show. Yeah. And that's like, uh, what's interesting about that is that is the motivation of the characters in the show as well, is that they want to just like make the best season of everlasting that's ever been made. Um, So when they can, you know, when Rachel can manipulate somebody to say like the one thing that you as a bachelor or bachelorette viewer know would be on every promo for that season but in doing so, like, brings a contestant to tears. Um, yeah, there's, an- there's... another example is uh, on the first season, there's a contestant whose father is in the hospital. Yes. And they withhold that information because she's a wifey and they want her to stay on the show. Yeah. And then when they do tell her he's already passed away... Yeah, that's what that's a good example, Rachel, of like the depths of depravity that we are talking about. Yeah. Um it's like really really horrible stuff. And the characters are irredeemably almost at times comically evil in the second especially in this second season. And it's one of the reasons why The Shine is coming a little bit off the apple for me. I still really enjoy watching it, but like the things they are doing now uh uh, the ratio of the amount that they benefit the show to the amount that they ruin another person's life has gotten like, this will be like a good three seconds of video in this one episode, but it's going to like destroy this person. Let's well, do it anyway. It, ha ha ha. Isn't this fun? The second season is more about Quinn and Rachel and Chet's kind of personal ambition. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, this show that, that at least Rachel seemed to be kind of conflicted about is now something that she's just hungry for, and everybody is, is fighting to own this show. Yeah, there's more about the behind-the-scenes of the behind-the-scenes exactly. show Unreal, whereas the first season is very much just about the behind-the-scenes show Unreal. I'm going to let... How about a special guest spot from Cecil, who just fucking hates all these fireworks, gang? <laughs> Cecil, what do you think about Unreal? Come on in. Um, so I wanted to share around this time last year, Chris Harrison did an interview with, oh boy. with uh, Variety magazine. Oh, no. Uh, and he was asked how he felt about Unreal. Um, and he gives the least diplomatic response I've ever heard Chris Harrison give. Anytime Chris Harrison is asked a question, he always sits right on that fence. Um, but this time... He says, it's complete fiction. As much as they would love to jump on our coattails, they were begging for us to talk about it and for people to write about it. At the end of the day, no one is watching. I mean, absolutely no one is watching that show. Damn, Chris. Why? It is terrible. It is really terrible. Now, I can get why you be salty, right? Because it is a show that makes the creators of the show Bachelorette, the fictional Bachelorette, seem like they are the devil. Well, and he talks about, he has really nice things to say about, for example, when they do little parodies on Saturday Night Live, or even he, he says nice stuff about burning love, too. But he, he says, as far as, as the parody, 
that is unreal. He says, you only do that when you're part of the vernacular, because if not, you can't make a joke. It's a sign of respect. The way that Unreal took it, it wasn't a sign of respect. They were trying to take it in another direction, but it doesn't work that way. Um, Unreal is just a really bad attempt, and they got what they deserved, and that is no one is watching the show. Chris, they got a second season, bud. It's got like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, bud. You know what I think it is? So the other thing that Unreal gets wrong, at least from our perspective... In a major way, oh man. They make the host on their everlasting show seem like such a tool like like totally brainless puppet that brings no value to the show no, at all. like just cheesy like really cheesy charisma yeah like a really cheesy like radio dj like uh-huh. that level of charisma uh, which is and, like, like no sense of humor, no sense of like what is good television or interesting. Yeah, I think I think the fictional creators of The Bachelor Bachelorette in, in the world of Unreal like don't get a very good portrayal, um, which like I get. Imagine like you do a very, very specific job and then somebody makes a movie or a TV show about that job that makes you out to look like an asshole. Yeah. I get why you'd be salty about it. I think Chris Harrison's fictional counterpart maybe casts the worst light on him <laughs> than anybody else. Um, yeah, and unlike Burning Love or Saturday Night Live, where it seems like comedians who actually kind of love the television show, like Unreal isn't isn't making a show to make like a fan tribute to the franchise. Yeah, they're no, making a dark, complex show. Yeah, everybody on Burning Love, uh, and there's God, there's so many funny people on it. Like you can tell, like most, if not all of them, like watch the show and like, or at least totally did before it. they made Burning Love. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Unreal is just like, and it, that is not the case. No. Which is like, I think that's pretty sick. Like, I think that's awesome that they have made a show like that. And I get why the actual creators of The Bachelor or Bachelorette would be like bummed out about it. But like, is there another show like that that exists where it is like another kind of behind the scenes take on how another show gets made that doesn't make it out to seem like beautiful challenging what glorious the, satisfying art what was so the Aaron there was studio show. 60 on the sunset yeah. strip is what i was thinking of but even that is just like that is that whole very short-lived series before it got like before they tried to crush like five seasons worth of story into like one half of a season um that series was aaron sorkin building a shrine to saturday night live that was aaron sorkin yeah. like right talking about like and it was good. I, I, I liked Studio 60, I think, a lot more than most people did. But it made it, like... I've talked about this before, and this is going to sound like... Maybe I shouldn't talk about it on the podcast. But I have literal dreams sometimes that I'm a writer for SNL. like, And I have <laughs> yeah. it a lot. And I feel like that comes from a lifetime of, like, growing up, like, idolizing comedy stuff. Yeah. And I think that show is very much a byproduct of that, where it's just, like just a bunch of like really good really funny friends just scrapping it out week by week to make a really funny show despite the fact that the fictional saturday night live on studio 16 the sunset strip was like never funny yeah that was weird wasn't it not even a little bit funny like antagonistically unfunny that's a real clear indicator that aaron sorkin's sense of humor isn't as good as we maybe think it is the show was great the show within a show was miserable but regardless (laughs) that show uh, like canonized Saturday Night Live and the process that goes into making Saturday Night Live. It was a friction-free, like, uh, uh, biography, if you want to call it that. 
where like the characters would, you know, there's like some weird drug subplot, maybe there was, you know, a, a few things here and there, a few points of, of friction, but it wasn't like the writers completely exploiting the actors or each other yeah. or yeah. like, and Unreal is just like, Unreal takes it in a, a direction that is so far in the opposite direction where it uh, is so wildly negative a portrayal of what goes into making this show that yeah. it is actually even less accurate, I think. Because while they definitely like split the uprights on on some of the um, like some of the little like notes that do go into making a Bachelor or Bachelorette show, like the comedically like mustache twirlingly evil <laughs> shit that some of the people do on this show is 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 um just just so goofy sometimes but I, it's good yeah it's one of those shows i don't know that i'd 100 percent recommend it to anybody and everybody um but it's definitely worth talking about because it if you start to really love not just the bachelor and bachelorette for kind of the the guilty pleasure of it but but thinking about the real workings of how this show gets made yeah then you will probably like unreal as a woman yes do you find it empowering or do you find it gross because i could see it going either way because you do have the two right. like super strong characters of quinn and maybe to a slightly lesser extent rachel but then you have like twenty women contestants on the show who are, um, I mean, some of them make some big moves. There's some actually really, really. They're not treated as like dumb extras. Uh, there are some like characters in the first season that are relatable and get like a lot of screen time and uh, are really interesting. There is a uh, a lesbian character in the first season of Unreal, which was like my favorite subplot. Uh, yeah, and the episode about, the, about the, that. the episode about her is like that's just fucking amazing television um but like a lot of the women are treated really horribly throughout well, even the whole show. If, okay so even if we just talk about quinn and rachel who are clearly supposed to be kind of the boss women on the show the first, the second season opens up with them getting tattoos that say money dick power yeah they get them on it's their wrists fucking incredible yeah. can i get one of those <laughs> i think so all right Here's here's the problem that I always have when they have a strong female character. I can tell that I'm supposed to be empowered as a feminist because here's this character who knows what she wants, does yeah. whatever it, she, it takes to get it, um, and doesn't, you know, doesn't get discouraged, you know, or feel burdened by femininity. Um, and if anything, uses femininity as a tool for manipulation. Here's the problem I have over and over again. And I can only think of maybe one or two female characters that go against this. But these, like, for example, Quinn and Rachel, it's like you can't have a strong lady character in a show who also has her shit together. And the only th characters I can think of that don't kind of fit that mold, for example, are like CJ Craig on The West Wing. Like, she gets emotional yeah. and she gets upset, because, but because she's human, not because she's like a woman who, you know, has some kind of disturbed outlook. Yeah, no, I think it's rare that you have a character who is a woman who is... Uh, when men are empowered in television shows, which is to say, all of them, um, <laughs> they don't also have 
like, some fatal flaw, some like major, some major character flaw that makes them. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing: sometimes they do, and that's yeah. a good character. Um, like, but it, I, I recognize that characters have to be complicated, and yeah. they have to have obstacles, or else they're not interesting. But it's just there's this female character out there now who is is getting labeled as a feminist character. And so I know I'm supposed to be excited. And part of me is because it is nice to see a woman who's just not only talking about, you know, getting her romantic interest, you know, or worried that she's not married. To to that extent, Quinn is like the most hard ass. I, I love the way I think that the way that they handle Quinn's romantic relationship in the first season is kind of goofy. The yeah. way that they handle her kind of just not giving a shit about it after it falls through is like ballin'. Like the amount the show is there's a line in this most recent episode. Actually there's an episode tonight that we did not watch, the episode that aired on yeah. July fourth. Um but uh, uh, they're having a, a fight. Quinn and Rachel are having a fight. And Rachel's like, do you want to talk about stuff? Like, not work stuff? And Quinn's like, what else is there other than work? Yeah. And that's, like, so, like, for, for Quinn's character, like, that's so... There is nothing else I'm except worried. her being the most, like, powerful person in charge of the, like, one of the most I'm worried we're speaking shows. too soon, though, right? Because we're only halfway yeah. through the second season. It's very possible that she may have some kind of breakdown where she reveals that she is severely hurt by everything that has happened to her. Yeah. And very desperately lo- is lonely and, and wants, wants a husband and a, you know. Yeah, sure. Child. That would be a bummer. I kind of just, I kind of just want them to be best friends, just like ruling shit. Yeah, and that's and and that I mean that's another problem. That's another problem with Rachel is this keeps happening to her on the show, and it's I, I get that it's a problem for a lot of women, and it's just realistic to show it. But she consistently tries to seduce or sleep with men to get what she wants. There have been, and sometimes you see like um, I was reminded of that. Did you watch any Homeland? Yeah. The the we watched it together. The part where um, Claire Danes' character is like she's just done something terrible, and she tries to seduce Mandy Patinkin's character in like yeah. the first season, and it's the most like cringeworthy, like yeah, awful shit. Um, like I feel like Rachel's done that like a few times in in the show, which is yeah. And I mean, I you know I have no problem obviously with a woman sleeping with a guy for the fun of sleeping with a guy. Yeah, sure. Um, but when it comes from a real place of insecurity, that like this is how I'm going to get what I want, it always makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. Um. So so yeah so anyway so that's that's kind of my complicated feelings about the show but that said those kind of complicated feelings never stop me from watching something Yeah and we're also <laughs> talking about I I would argue that it is more empowering than obviously I'm I have no place <laughs> to speak of here but like I feel like it's more empowering than the average show oh, for where sure. there are no characters who there there there's no characters who even come fucking close to passing the Bechdel test like not yeah. even a little bit. Um, For sure, yeah. Unreal, What what is fun about Unreal, and you kind of mentioned it earlier with this season, is that they kind of point the finger directly at a lot of our concerns about the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise, and they try and kind of play with, well, what would it look like? You know, what would it look like if we had a cast that was more diverse or we had a contestant who was honest about their sexuality? You know, like, what would happen? Um, and so it's interesting to kind of see their thoughts on that. 
the only place I think it slips up is while addressing those concerns. It's also like, and then what if all of them got poisoned? Like, why? <laughs> what if an alien crashed their? What if Alf crashed into their bed? No, don't crash Alf into their bed. That's not. <laughs> what if we release a shark into the swimming pool? No, don't do that, Unreal. That ain't how it happened. What if a train hits three of them? We got really nervous, and I'm still nervous, honestly, about this second season because it seems like they're still trying to figure out. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the show's thoughtful enough that maybe they're more strategic than we realize. But the first couple episodes of the second season, you're just like, wait, wait a minute. It does, what? The, it does the bad thing that second seasons of television shows do. Hi, Friday Night Lights. That like completely <laughs> unspools the like hard work and yeah. the uh, TV shows are unique in that characters move up and down like things like power rankings and shit like that. And then season one was all about the the ascent of these two characters and the, like, rapid descent of another one. And then the first episode of the season two, they're like, fuck all that. Throw all that out the window. We're just yeah. doing something. Can I do kind of a season two spoiler? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I, I won't be terribly specific, but we had mentioned earlier, part of it with the second season is that we think Quinn is going to have more control over the show. Whereas Chet was kind of the big decision maker the first season. Chet was just a like coked out, um, just fuck up. Uh, he was like his character was like this. What was his title on the show? Like what? he was like co executive producer or something like yeah. that. But he was he was this just misogynistic like he's kind of the pail. businessman and that he would go out and have the meetings and get the money and and so he had a authority in the sense that he had brought in a lot of the attention. And in the second season, his like. His misogyny, like, the second season is not as subtle as the first season is. And the first season wasn't that subtle. (laughs) But the second season is, like, this misogynist dude coming back and, like, marking his territory all over the place. And then, like, being like, we need a bikini pool party. I'm like, oh, God. Well, here's, here's what I was just like. This can't be sustainable. Is that Quinn's trying to write her show in this unique, new, refreshing way that she's always wanted to do her show. And all of a sudden, Chet comes back and Chet says, no, the problem with this franchise is that men have been too emasculated and the public really wants to just see, you know, girls bouncing up and just down in bikinis. Just a bunch of babes. Just a bunch of, yeah. Um, and so the compromise they make is that they will both film their shows at the same time. So Chet has a cameraman running around. He's filming the angles he wants to film. And Quinn's running around. I'm just like, is this really how they're going to do this season? And, and this this culminates with both of them getting in trouble because they've made two bad shows. Um, yeah. So, like, it's supposed to be bad, but it is also, like, fucking completely unbelievable. <laughs> it's like the, it's the, that's the, that's the stuff I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, that the would never season, happen. Some stuff happens in the first season that is, like, um... It would never ever in a million years happen in the creation of a real television show, but it's good television to watch. This was like, I couldn't even enjoy it because they were on some like Brady Bunch shit, like some like, (laughs) it was a farce. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, and like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't hang with that as much. Yeah, but luckily that, that kind of resolves itself more or less. Um, Anything else we should talk about? I think we've, I think we've done a pretty earnest discussion. I like it. I hope it doesn't get bad. I think I've seen I've seen a one to two th- story threads that I'm like, oh, I hope they don't go down. Oh, I hope they don't do that. Oh, I hope they just focus yeah. kind of more on like what it would be like to 
just to make The Bachelor. Yeah, and it's hard to know if it's just because we're more interested in the kind of material they cover the first season, or if that's just objectively better material to cover. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like the the sh- so the show is sold as the premise of it is a fictional account of the creation of a real television show. And the second season is it is the fictional account of the Game of Thrones-esque <laughs> power conflict yeah. over the creation of a fictional version of a real-life television show. And I feel like they are one degree removed, I think, from what worked from the first season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Griffin and I are such fans of the Bachelor franchise that when they kind of started to move away from what we think is really interesting about that franchise, I started to feel like, well, wait, isn't your audience people like us? Definitely. It's got to be. Who else? Who the fuck else is it going to be? People who just watch Lifetime? And maybe. Then, and, then the, and then Unreal comes on? Maybe. Honestly, maybe they're thinking, who is our audience on Lifetime? You know, it's women that love a, a serial drama with, with murder and emotions and romance. And let's just make our show that. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's possible. I enjoy it. I... I th- it's do- it's doing a couple things. And I'm like, Ooh, don't do those things. But it's still, I still think yeah. it's good TV. Yeah. We should end the, because Cecil is like throwing himself <laughs> against my office door because the fireworks have him spooked. I gotta yeah. make him. I gotta make him some of that kitty tea. Just put some catnip, a little cinnamon stick, and I don't know. Cinnamon might be poisonous to cats. Yeah. Don't don't do that recipe. <laughs> um. Thank you all for listening to Rose Buddies. Yeah. Uh, I hope I hope this was entertaining for you. I I really didn't want to go another week without doing a show yeah uh, so hopefully you like unreal or you're curious if about you it don't like unreal and you think it's gross like that's fine we also much like the bachelor yeah. bachelorette think it's gross i think unreal gets away with it <laughs> a little bit in that it's it's gross but some of that gross stuff actually happens and it's kind of like punk rock that well, they're yeah, like and these are all actors and actresses it's not like you're watching real yeah, people sure. get but, manipulated. but at the same time uh it's a it's a gross fictional retelling of gross stuff that happens in this real television show that we do a podcast about that you're kind of rooting for to happen, and that's the stuff that gets in your gully works gets gets deep in your gets deep in your brain, and you have to really process what what you think of that as a person. Yeah, I don't like it when gross stuff happens on the Bachelor or Bachelorette. The like slut shamey bullshit that happens in real life to real people that sucks. Um. The gross stuff that happens on Unreal, like, I don't know. It's part of a fictional character's arc. And yeah. I think it's a different a different beast. Also, again, just cartoonishly evil sometimes. Like a cart, like Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. We'll be back with a regular episode next week. Um, thanks for telling your friends about the show, reviewing it on iTunes, doing all that good stuff. Oh, we got a P.O. box if, if, if you want to send stuff to us. Yeah, we already got a nice little package. Yeah, uh, it's P.O. Box 66639, uh, Austin, Texas, 78766. Until um, next time, I've been Griffin McElroy. I've been Rachel McElroy. And we've been... Ro- Uh-oh. I forget how we do it. Like, I threw it off so bad. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. We don't say the name of the show at the end of the show. That's right. No, we don't ever. Thanks for the thanks. This has been Rose Bunny. Here's your final Rose, buddy. Here's your sign. (laughs) Billing. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right, Jesus.